You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Bluestein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, uh, one of the people said, who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. All right, episode seven of Bizarre Buffet. Seven deadly sins. Seven, seven, seven. Which one, which sin are you? Oh, Mark would be um, greed, lust, gluttony. And I don't know what's left for us, Jen. I'm the eighth one. I'm so evil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I'd be a sloth. Oh, I'm all about some sloth activity. They're cute. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah, the sloths themselves are cute. They're like, cute, but it could be the sloth deadly sin. The sloth deadly sin. <laughs> Isn't it one right, of so them you, sloth? Um, I think so. Yeah, it is. Gluttony, sloth. What would you uh, be, Mark? Slothetry. Um, I would be none of them because I'm pure as gold. Oh, white oh as snow. okay. Pure as, yeah, pure as snow. There is nothing that is questionable about me. So I'm sorry to be in such poor company, but um, no offense to you guys. But um, so today's episode, right? We're talking about the dead and people who work on them, morticians. Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of us are going to meet one. We are we're dead. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you know, wow. I wonder if there's like a thing where you can like pick your mortician and be like, oh, cute mortician or oh, built mortician or. So I have, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever been to a wake and they present the body in front of you and like you don't even recognize the person? Oh yeah, many times. Yeah, and there was I mean, time it's always I kind of... swore I was in the wrong room. Oh no, <laughs> were you though? No, I wasn't. It would be a better story oh. if I was though. <laughs> I know. Well, it's always it's always a little awkward. I know, but um, I'm always like, what creeps me out is a lot of times they look very waxy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but what's even more awkward is that like, you know, I admire the profession and the people who do what they do. It's yeah. a, it's a necessity. However, you know, it's always hard because everyone's always like, Don't they look so great? And like with, with Jen just said, like it's hard sometimes to even recognize them. But... Oh god, I probably sound like an asshole because I was like, They look whack. I know but they do sometimes. I know somebody like... who took pictures of her mother's corpse oh. before they closed the oh, coffin. Yeah. Because of how oh, lovely yeah. she looked, how wonderful and beautiful they, they did her up. But I mean, do you frame those? Do you put them above your dining room table? What do you do with them? They did in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, that's true. Your daguerreotypes. Yeah. You could probably, like, so sit creepy. one at an empty table, like, at an empty chair <laughs> at dinner time. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah, around yeah, the holidays. God, I... Oh, that's a nice <laughs> holiday treat. Wait, I, Jen. <laughs> I have a story that I have to share, and this is the appropriate Oh, please go episode. ahead, share. So... You guys may or may not know, like 10 years ago, I worked for like three months as a photo editor for this god-awful family portrait company. Oh, I remember. And I had to like color correct like blobby baby photos. And I hate babies. I only took it because it was just a job. Right. And you like know, I was there do. for like, like we all do. I was there for like all of three months and I quit. But one of the weirdest things that I encountered was that I had to edit 
a picture of it, a dead baby, but it was one that was a miscarriage. Oh my oh. god! And it was her holding the dead miscarriage. I baby. feel like I've heard and about this before. It. Like I've heard stories of people doing mm-hmm. this trend of doing a Photoshop with your stillborn baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder where this trend evolved and just going back to before, like, what do you do with the photo once you have it? I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was really awkward, but I just remember I had to use a lot of blue filter to diffuse the red. Oh, oh my God. That is very, I'm sorry. This isn't funny, but it, that's very grim, but it was just like, of course I would be the one to get that one. Yes. And I was very confused because I, I, I genuinely did not expect that, but Whatever it is, what it is. You know, to each his own. That's Mm -hmm. right. Um, You know, to each his own. And, you know, on that note, later in the episode, um, we have a very special guest joining us, and her name is Victoria. Um, Victoria currently works as a mortician's assistant, actually, with one semester left at Mortuary Science School. So I feel like she's going to have so much to talk to us about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, But before we move on to Victoria's uh, interview... Because um, I know she's going to share a lot, too, about mortuary school. Exactly. And the process yeah. and what you learn and what it's like to work as a mortician's assistant, which is, you know, I'm fascinated by, as all of us are. Um, but with that being said, do you guys know what you would want? Like, what's your ideal funeral? Like, have you guys ever thought about it? No. For yourself personally? No, because I have such high anxiety. So, like, the thought of death, like, my own death makes me Mm -hmm. kind of anxious. Like I'm kind of one of those people that's in denial of the fact that we're all going to die someday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a reasonable perspective. So Mark, what would be yours? Well, I mean, I don't plan on dying, Yes, but if I, if I had to, um, well, first I would want the whole world to mourn for me. Oh, okay. Like, I want everyone to like beat themselves with rocks. Oh, but cute. after after they're done mm. beating themselves with rocks, mm-hmm. ideally, this truly this is what I would want with my body. You they're pretty truthfully... much want them to mourn like how like Oprah's like like show finale was two episodes long. You want like <laughs> yes. you, want, you want to go out like Oprah Winfrey did. Yes, <laughs> the, Oprah, the Oprah show, so, Mark's version. For me, what I would want is I would literally want my body to be made into a high fashion, avant-garde fashion piece that would be done, that would be photographed in an editorial and maybe the outfit or my body would be put on display in like the MoMA. That would be so cute. So that's, that's, and I've been saying, everyone thinks I'm being silly when I say that, but you know, you guys know I am like a experimental fashion designer i'm very conceptual Mm -hmm. so i would want my death to be as conceptual as possible to reflect my life absolutely absolutely Uh, what about you mark what would you do oh you know what i would like um do you guys recall the story of when that woman was trying to marry charlie manson in prison oh yeah but her but her real motive was to get his body and bring him on tour like they did with who was that leader? They did that with somebody in history. Um, but essentially, she was trying to take his body in, like, you know, a glass wagon. Oh, wow. And go around on tour and basically charge. I mean, 
a certain amount of money to see Charlie's body. So I was like rock and roll. It's like a I traveling mean, circus. Yeah. So I guess mine is kind of along the worship lines like Mark, but you know, I would like people to take photos with me and, um, you know, throw unwanted wrappers, candy wrappers, um, you know, uh, loose change, loose change, diapers, mm-hmm. you know, things that remind them of me. That's what I would like. Yeah. Well, I don't want you to die. Oh, well, I don't want I mean, any of us to die. I don't want no. anyone to die. But Mark, Mark, hopefully we're not a victorious client. God. Mark, if you die, we have to die at the same time. Okay. I can't live a second All right, on but, this world without you. Okay, but you have to follow my garbage traveling caravan story, though. You have to be on display with me. Then. Oh, I'm fine. And because, okay. and okay. because I plan on never dying and being immortal, I will keep both of your legacies alive. <laughs> Jen will, Thank run, you. Jen will uh, run the that's show. That's a lofty task. Yes, we'll, we'll make you the beneficiary of whatever. Absolutely. Um, there you go. Mo- monetary gain you would get from touring our court corpses around oh god all right well with that being said we're gonna welcome victoria in a moment welcome victoria hey victoria if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I mean, how cool is that, right? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. Victoria, welcome to Bizarre Buffet. You're welcome, and we're so glad that you're here and you're going to tell us kind of you know, some stuff of what it's like. Um, you're an assistant to a mortician and you are in, you're going into your last semester of mortuary science school, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So what's like, um, what's a day in the life and like the curriculum of, uh, being a mortuary science student? I guess we'll start there. Yeah. So right now, uh, it's a little bit crazy with the coronavirus everything that i'm doing was supposed to be in person hands-on we've now um transferred fully to online classes i feel like that's got to be really tough especially because like i know for me i'm a hands-on learner like i'm somebody Mm -hmm. that physically needs to be doing something so i can just only imagine what it's like to be like learning something that you should be doing physically in a virtual world Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I can compare it to being in hair school. Like, you know, you physically are supposed to do hair on people and things like that. So I don't know how Mm -hmm. you would virtually like that must be tough. But um, so you're going through that process right now. You're currently, though, you're you're working as an assistant to a mortician. So how has that been like during the time of, you know, this global crisis? Um, It's been interesting, definitely entering the field during this time. For a while, we were having only 10 people allowed at funerals, which was obviously really difficult for a lot of the families. Um, Having such a limited number of people able to come, we have since expanded that number. Um, I think we're allowing like 50 right now, but it's definitely been a really crazy time to enter the field Uh, like I'm not really sure what it's even though I pretty much know I'm not really sure what it would be like without all the restrictions. Now where are you located Victoria? 
I am about 20 minutes north of Cincinnati. Okay. Ohio. So you're in the Midwest. Right before you decided to go into mortuary science and going into school, how long um, before you went did you want to do this? And what um, inspired you to take on this line of work? So when I graduated high school, I moved um, down here towards Cincinnati from Dayton, which is only about an hour difference. And I kind of started, you know, working like a regular job and, you know, paying bills and all that. And I was like, I kind of was like, I'd rather be doing something that I actually enjoy doing. So I kind of started just looking around at what kind of schools were by me, like what my options were, what kind of uh, courses or degrees that they offered. And I noticed that I was pretty close to uh, the Cincinnati College of Mortuary Science. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> like, I never really considered it as a career choice for myself before that, but it would kind of like clicked when I saw it, when I like looked at their, their uh, website and I like kind of read about the history of the school. And I, you know, did some research online about what the job was actually like. And I kind of just applied I didn't really put a whole lot of, there wasn't like some crazy like life pattern where this is something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. It was kind of just, That's, yeah, I, totally, I kind of just picked it. I totally get it because, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, like going back, how I was saying with the hair thing, people are like, oh, well, did you always know you wanted to do hair? And I'm like, no, not at all, actually. But, you know, I'm good at it. I enjoy it. So I completely get that sentiment that you're like, oh, well, it fell into place. And I mean, what an interesting thing to fall into and to be a part of. And I mean, like, I guess my question for you would be when you were physically like involved, I guess, like the first time you had to work with someone who is deceased and because I'm, I'm sure like you've had some mm -hmm. hands-on or involvement at least at this point so um was it what you were expecting was it not what you were expecting yeah so before going to school i'd never seen an uninvolved uncosmetized uh body i don't i've been to funerals obviously but they're all you know, presented nicely. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I wasn't nervous at all, but I was kind of like, Ooh, like, I don't know what it's going to be like, but it was fine. And the instructors at the school make you feel really comfortable and nobody passed out in my lab, <laughs> which has happened before apparently. But wow. So I'm curious to know what is the process? So when a body is presented to you, what is the process from as soon as the body is, I guess, you know, sent to the funeral home to when it is presented at a wake? So I guess it really depends um, on what the family wants to do. There's not always embalming. I'd say most of the time if there's going to be a viewing or a wake, there usually is embalming unless it's for uh, religious reasons. What? You said I something. I, <laughs> I just want to follow up because you mentioned something about yeah. religious purposes, like not embalming. And yeah. I never like what are, you know, restrictions for religion, including embalming. I've never even knew that was a thing. So, yeah, a lot of religions um, are not they don't allow embalming. Two common examples of that would be both uh, Jewish and Muslim. If they're, you know, really strict in their religious customs, 
they do not do any embalming. And is there some sort of like reasoning behind that or a philosophy or um, a belief as to why? Do you know? Um, I know with Jewish, for sure, they like to um, basically bury their deceased as soon as possible. Yes. Um, and I think it, I think it just has to do with the, they would consider it to be mutilation of the body. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so what is like the makeup process like? Yeah. Thing, things like that. Like, do you have a hand in that? Is that part of like the learning curriculum? Yeah. So like cosmetics um, is, really interesting you can't use a lot of the same cosmetics that you would use on living people because the skin reacts differently just from um, temperature also the uh, color the base color I guess Mm -hmm. behind the makeup is different I know with regular cosmetics um, like for living the living the base color is usually yellow whereas with Um, mortuary cosmetics the base color is usually red to give I guess more of a um, lifelike Mm. skin tone pretty difficult for me Uh, I have never really worn much makeup so doing makeup on the deceased was really my first time like doing like a full face on anyone wow Um, I mean that's like a crazy experience (laughs) I also feel like that could probably be easier to learn because you're not having somebody like who's moving moving and that you can actually take your time with it as opposed to you know when I when I have someone do my makeup and they're putting my eyeliner on it's like you're trying not to blink Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so it's like, what a better way to practice applying cosmetics. Oh God, Have you ever, like, so far in your experiences, have you felt like any weird or eerie presence? Like, that was just like, there's something, there's a vibe here. That's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. Yeah. Ooh. So um, it was... I think a couple weeks ago, I was um, on a call doing a removal for my funeral home. And it was about 2 a.m. when I was there. um, And I was just filling out paperwork. Um, There's a lot of paperwork involved with that. And I was hearing someone moving around in the lobby. And I was like, at first I thought, oh, maybe it's you know, whatever pipes, whatever your mind goes to first that it could be. And I kept hearing it like to the point I was like, there's something like walking around in the lobby. So I got up and I turned my phone flashlight on Monday. It's 2 a.m. It's like pitch black in the funeral home, except for the lights that I have on in the office. And I just like go back there. Were you by yourself? And Yes. Oh my God. Oh, girl. You are a Wonder Woman. You're brave. We are all very very impressed by you. But I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. Please continue. Please continue. (laughs) No, it's okay. Yeah, so I I went back there and I had my flashlight on my phone and I, like, looked around and I looked in the bathrooms and I looked everywhere and there was no one in there. So I was just like, well, that was kind of weird. Yeah. 
that's definitely mm-hmm. weird because I mean, I don't, I mean, not everyone I'm sure has a story, but you know, it's like, I've, I've never seen anything that was like, you know, Oh, out of this world, mm-hmm. but I've experienced like a weird presence or something where I'm like, Oh, um, well, that's a little more than just, I don't know, something usual. I would imagine like a funeral home would be a hub of yeah that it, sort of thing, well, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, I'd imagine, too, you know, you are taking care of people who have, you know, passed in many, a variety of ways. So it's kind of like a central point for that, you know. Yeah. So um, with, like, the process of dying, right, like, let's just say Mm -hmm. someone passes away in their home. They'll have, like, a sudden heart attack, okay, and and they die and the ambulance comes or then they can't Mm -hmm. resuscitate you. After that, who picks it up, the body? Is it a... Is it the funeral home directly normally? Or how does it... Or is it like a coroner? Yeah, I've always been fascinated as to how bodies, I guess, get transported Transported. from like either like the hospital to the funeral home or from the home to the funeral home. Yeah, so um, I'd say usually if if it's someone who is, you know, not elderly and they just die randomly in their house, I'd say most of the time that's probably going to be a coroner case. Mm-hmm. So that would be picked up by the uh, county coroner. Gotcha. Um, if, yeah, and then after they get an autopsy or whatever the coroner needs to do to determine a cause of death, then they would be picked up by the funeral home. Gotcha. So it's kind of like if, a chain of command depend- depending mm-hmm. on the situation, I guess. Yeah, so the coroner basically has the ultimate say on uh, those kinds of situations with home deaths, unless it's obviously like someone's in hospice at their home, then it's kind of obvious Mm -hmm. how they died, and they're not going to need an autopsy most of the time, I'd say. Um, But if someone dies like at a hospital, it would just be the funeral home that comes to pick them up. So when when you're doing a pickup, Right. What mm-hmm. uh, what is that like for you? What's the process of you picking up a body? And yeah, like whether it's the coroner who says, OK, you know, it's now all right for, you know, so and so's, you know, family service funeral home to come and get this individual. So at what point do like what point do you step yeah. in and do all the, the legwork? Right. So the um, remains will be released at some point, whether that be by hospice, a hospital, or a coroner. And once they are released, I'm basically good to go pick them up. Um, So what I do is I get a call. Um, If I'm on call, so we have on-call schedules, I've been on call the last three days. So I would just get a call from my funeral director. He would tell me, hey, I'm going to send you over this information. Um, Will you go pick this person up? So the process of that is I, I get ready. I look professional. I leave to go to the funeral home. I fill out all the paperwork that needs to be filled out. Um, And then I take our transfer vehicle. I go to wherever the deceased is. Um, Usually if that's at a hospital, they're in a morgue. Or if they're at a hospice inpatient facility, I just pick them up from their room. Um, The nurses and security are always very helpful because I am small and not very muscular. Yes, so you're I very have tiny from a little, your Instagram photos. little bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a little bit of trouble with that sometimes. 
Um, <laughs> I make it work somehow. You kind of answered my question that I was thinking about because, I, like, you're probably doing a lot of lifting. Yeah. yeah. And and moving a body. I mean, listen, when Mark and I, you know, we share a bed, obviously, and rolling him over to get the blanket, I can't even do that. Mm -hmm. And he's living. How closely, like, do you as a mortician, like, would you be working closely, like, with the families? So I am not a licensed mortician, so my involvement with the family is honestly pretty limited. Um, unless they are there at, you know, when I when I go to do the removal, if they're there, obviously I will, you know, speak to them, give my condolences. If they have anything that they want me to tell the funeral director, I will, you know, relay the information. I'm actually not allowed to talk to them about any funeral services or anything like that. Um, only a licensed funeral okay. director is really allowed to discuss that type of information so when you are licensed because i know some people are very like particular about like a special look that they want like mm -hmm. are they able to communicate yeah. that with you so anything that they would relay to me i can relate to the funeral director but if they started asking about like types of services cost of services okay, i'm yeah. not allowed to talk yeah, that's when you about can't, any of that with them yeah that's yeah. when you have to be like okay well i have to redirect that you know to the right. director him or herself um are there yeah. are there any stories or situations um about the preparations of a deceased that stick out in your mind that you found maybe unusual like maybe you had or maybe someone once had to prepare a body and the person requested that they look like Marge Simpson. You know, I mean. Um, I don't know how many weird requests I've really gotten. I can't, I can, nothing really pops out at me. No, there's still time. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, the only thing that, I, that sticks out in my mind is we have a friend whose grandmother just passed away within like, what like the past year oh, right uh-huh and she was like very adamant about like this like coral lipstick remember that i do yeah i do um and i also recall that i heard someone ask if they wanted a picture with um grandma and i was like did they mean like an actual photo like Probably. maybe maybe you can answer that for us do people like want photos ever with the deceased party Yes, um, really? I've actually oh, seen that a few times, and it used to be way more common, um, especially back when getting photos taken was really expensive. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes the only photo that you had of a family member was them deceased. Yeah. So, and we've kind of, I guess, become removed from that. I guess maybe now because, you know, you have a phone that can take unlimited pictures of them alive. So I guess, you yeah. know, we have, uh, or I have all the money yeah. to get professional shots. Yeah. I have a true. friend, like a family friend who took pictures of her mother um, when her mother passed because A, they thought she looked amazing and B, they wanted to be able to show people who weren't able to attend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a very nice, nice thing when people take pictures. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's something where it could mean like more to certain people and that's respected and appreciated. You know, it's just anything that, you know, it's like you hear it at first and you're like, oh, well, but then you're like, oh, well, you know what? This you could be special <laughs> to people and that's okay. Another another question that comes to mind is, you know, you are like a young woman 
in this industry, do you feel that there's good representation of women in the mortuary sciences? Yeah, so um, at, at my school, we have, I believe it's 54 students, and I think five of them are male. So wow. most wow. of my class is uh, girls my age. Oh, that is so, awesome. That's amazing. That so cool. It's so like refreshing to hear something like that. It is. That really is because, you know, normally it's just, you know, like anything else, sometimes you, I guess maybe you can look at like depictions, like even the show Six Feet Under, where, I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was pretty much all men. I mean, they only, they had, I mean, of course, a few strong mm -hmm. like female characters in it, right. but I feel like the main depiction was guys. So that's really cool to hear that, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Power to the women. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite shows. And yeah, the only um, woman character that they had actually working in their funeral home was like portrayed as being like disgusting. I remember she was like farting all the time and just talking about naps. I do have to say that is probably like that show probably has one of my absolute all time favorite theme songs too to a TV show. Like I just oh, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's a really good one. <laughs> Is this industry anything like the TV show? Like, is it more glamorized on TV? Are there any similarities, do you think? Um, so, and I guess I see my life through a lens of Six Feet Under just because I'm so obsessed with that show and now I'm, like, working in that same setting. Yeah. So I think it's actually, like, a pretty accurate depiction, honestly, that show. That's really cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and I just... I pretend that I'm David Fisher all the time. I say that <laughs> I an embarrassing it. amount. They're like, I'm just going to turn on my inner David Fisher and I will get this done. Like, <laughs> I love it. It helps me not feel as nervous. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so cool. Like, what would David Fisher do? Yeah, there you go. What would David Fisher do? WWDFD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing, but for me, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Like, what would Buffy do? Yeah. <laughs> We all have that all, inner, inner yeah. person. Absolutely. I normally think, what would Jeffrey Dahmer do? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Bad, tasteless joke. I'm sorry. I'm full of them. Um, <laughs> well, this has been so cool. Yeah, um, and super I mean, insightful. It has been so insightful. And, you know, like you really answered things so well for us. Yeah, thank you so a, much. I know, in an easy to understand way. And we respect and appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. You were just listening to episode seven of Bizarre Buffet. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again, Victoria, for coming on and talking about mortuary science. Absolutely. We're so glad to have you. And for those of you who would like to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Bizarre Buffet um, or like us on Facebook at Bizarre Buffet Podcast. Um, Don't forget to subscribe because it helps us out. It does. It helps us a lot. So if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe. And we'll talk to you all very soon. Bye. Bye-bye.